हेलो एवरीवन टुडे विल कंटिन्यू चैप्टर वन आ पिक्चर ऑफ द यूनिवर्स इट इज एन इंटरेस्टिंग रिफ्लेक्शन ऑन द जर्नल क्लाइमेट ऑफ थॉट बिफोर द ट्वेंटी सेंचुरी दैट नो वन हैड सजेस्टेड दैट द यूनिवर्स वाज एक्सपेंडिंग और कॉन्ट्रैक्टिंग इट वाज जनरली एक्सेप्टेड दैट आई दूनिवर्स हैड एग्जिस्टेड फॉर इन एन अनचेंजिंग स्टेट or that it had been created at a finite time in the past more or less as we observe it today in part this may have been due to people's tendency to believe in eternal truths as well as the comfort they found in the thought that even though they may grow old and die the universe is eternal and unchanging even those who realized that newton's theory of gravity showed that the universe could not be static did not think to suggest that it might be expanding instead they attempted to modify the theory by making the gravitational force repulsive at very large distances this did not significantly affect their predictions of the motions of the planets but it allowed an infinite distribution of stars to remain in equilibrium with the attractive forces between nearby stars balanced by the repulsive forces from those that were farther away however we now believe such an equilibrium would be unstable if the stars in some region got only slightly nearer each other the attractive forces between them would become stronger and dominate over the repulsive forces so that the stars would continue to fall towards each other on the other hand If the stars got a bit farther away from each other the repulsive forces would dominate and drive them farther apart Another objection to an infinite static universe is normally ascribed to the German philosopher Heinrich Olbers who wrote about this theory in 1823 In fact various contemporaries of Newton had raised the problem and the Olbers article was not even the first to contain plausible arguments against it it was however the first to be widely noted the difficulty is that in an infinite static universe nearly every line of sight would end up on the surface of a star thus one would accept the uh, the whole sky would be as bright as the sun even at night olbers counter argument was that the light from distant stars would be dimmed by absorption by intervening matter however if that happened the intervening matter would eventually heat up until it glowed as brightly as the stars the only way of avoiding the conclusion that the whole of the night sky should be as bright as the surface of the sun would be to assume that the stars had not been shining forever but had turned on at some infinite time in the past in that case the absorbing matter might not have heated up yet or the light from distant stars might not yet have reached us and that brings us to the question what could have caused the stars to turn on in the first place the beginning of the universe had of course been discussed long before this according to a number of early cosmologies and the jewish christian or muslim tradition the universe started at a finite and not very distant time in the past One argument for such a beginning was the feeling that it was necessary to have first cause to explain the existence of the universe. Within the universe, you always explained one event as being caused by some earlier event, but the existence of the universe itself could be explained in this way only if it had some beginning. 
Another argument was put forward by Saint Augustine in his book The City of God. He pointed out the civilization is progressing and we remember who performed this dead or developed that technique. Does man and so also perhaps the universe could not have been around all that long. Saint Augustine accepted a date of about 5000 BC for the creation of the universe according to the book of Genesis. It is interesting that this is not so far from the end of the last ice age about 10000 BC which is when archaeologists tell us that civilization really began. Aristotle and most of other Greek philosophers on the other hand did not like the idea of a creation because it smacked too much of divine intervention. They believed therefore that the human race and the world around it had existed and would exist forever. The ancients had already considered the argument about progress described above and answered it by saying that there had been periodic floods or other disasters that repeatedly set the human race right back to the beginning of civilization. The question of whether the universe had a beginning in time and whether it is limited in space were later extensively examined by the philosopher Immanuel Kant in his monumental work Critique of Pure Reason published in 1781. He called these questions antinomies of pure reason because he felt that there were equally compelling arguments for believing the thesis that the universe had a beginning and the antithesis that it had existed forever his argument for the thesis was that if the universe did not have a beginning there would be an infinite period of time before any event which he considered absurd The argument for the antithesis was that if the universe had a beginning there would be an infinite period of time before it so why should the universe begin at a one particular time in fact his cases for both the thesis and the antithesis are really the same argument they are both based on his unspoken assumption that time continues back forever whether or not the universe had existed forever As we shall see the concept of time has no meaning before the beginning of the universe this was first point out by saint augustine when asked what did god do before the created he before he created the universe augustine didn't reply he was preparing hell for people who asked such questions instead he said that the time was a property of the universe that god created and that time did not exist before the beginning of the universe when most people believed in an essentially static unchanging universe the question of whether or not it had a beginning was really one of metaphysics or theology one could account for what was observed equally well on the theory that the universe had existed forever or on the theory that it was set in motion at some finite time in such a manner as to look as though it had existed forever but in 1929 edwin hubble made the landmark observation that wherever you look distant galaxies are moving rapidly away from us in other words the universe is expanding this means that at earlier times objects would have been closer together 
in fact it seemed that there was a time about 10 or 20000 million years ago when they were all at exactly the same place and when therefore the density of the universe was infinite this discovery finally brought the question of the beginning of the universe into the realm of science hubble's observations suggested that there was a time called the big bang when the universe was infinitesimally small and infinitely dense under such conditions all the laws of science and therefore all ability to predict the future would break down if there were events earlier than this time then they could not affect what happens at the present time their existence can be ignored because it would have no observational consequences one may say that time had a beginning at the big bang in the sense that earlier times simply would not be defined it should be emphasized that the beginning in time is very different from those that had been considered previously in an unchanging universe a beginning in time is something that has to be imposed by some being outside the universe there is no physical necessity for a beginning one can imagine that god created the universe at literally any time in the past on the other hand if the universe is expanding there may be physical reasons why there had to be a beginning one could still imagine that god created the universe at the instant of the big bang or even afterwards in just such a way as to make it look as though there had been a big bang but it would be meaningless to suppose that it was created before the big bang an expanding universe does not preclude a creator but it does place limits on when he might have carried out his job in order to talk about the nature of the universe and to discuss questions such as whether it has a beginning or an end you have to be clear about what a scientific theory is i shall take the simple minded view that a theory is just a model of the universe or a restricted part of it and a set of rules that relate quantities in the model to observations what we make it exists only in our minds and does not have any other reality a theory is a good theory if it satisfies two requirements it must accurately describe a large class of observations on the basis of a model that contains only a few arbitrary elements and it must make definite predictions about the results of future observations for example aristotle's theory that everything was made out of four elements earth air fire and water was simple enough to qualify but it did not make any definite predictions on the other hand newton's theory of gravity was based on an even simpler model in which bodies attract each other with a force that was proportional to a quantity called their mass and inversely proportional to the square of distance between them yet it predicts the motion of the sun the moon and the planets to a higher degree of accuracy any physical theory is always provisional in the sense that it is only a hypothesis you can never prove it no matter how many times the results of experiments agree with some theory 
you can never be sure that the next time the result will not contradict the theory on the other hand you can disapprove a theory by finding even a single observation that disagrees with the predictions of the theory as philosopher of science karl popper has emphasized a good theory is characterized by the fact that it makes a number of predictions that could in principle be disapproved or falsified by observation each time new experiments are observed to agree with the predictions the theory survives and our confidence in it is increased but if ever a new observation is found to disagree we have to abandon or modify the theory at least that is what is supposed to happen but you can always question the contemptence of the person who carried out the observation in practice what often happens is that a new theory is devised that is really an extension of the previous theory for example very accurate observations of the planet mercury revealed a small difference between its motion and the predictions of newton's theory of gravity einstein's general theory of relativity predicted a slightly different motion from newton's theory the fact that einstein's predictions matched that was seen while newton's did not was one of the crucial confirmations of the new theory however we still use newton's theory for all practical purposes because the difference between its predictions and those of general relativity is very small in the situations that we normally deal with newton's theory also has the great advantage that it is much simpler to work with than einstein's the eventual goal of science is to provide a single theory that describes the whole universe however the approach most scientists actually follow is to separate the problem into two parts first there are the laws that tell us how the universe changes with time if we know what the universe is like at any one time these physical laws tell us how it will look at any later time second there is the question of the initial state of the universe some people feel that science should be concerned with only the first part they regard the question of the initial situation as a matter of metaphysics or religion they would say that god being omnipotent could have started the universe of any way he wanted that may be so but in that case he also could have made it develop in a completely arbitrary way yet it appears that he chose to make it revolve in a very regular way according to the certain laws it therefore seems equally reasonable to suppose that there are also laws governing the initial state it turns out to be very difficult to devise a theory to describe the universe all in one go instead we break the problem up into bits and invite a number of partial theories each of these partial theories describes and predicts a certain limited class of observations neglecting the effects of other quantities or representing them by simple sets of numbers it may be that this approach is completely wrong if everything in the universe depends on everything else in a fundamental way it might be impossible to get close to a full solution 
by investigating parts of the problem in isolation nevertheless it is certainly the way that we have made progress in the past the classic example again is the newtonian theory of gravity which tells us that gravitational force between two bodies depends only on one number associated with each body its mass but is otherwise independent of what the bodies are made of thus one does not need to have a theory of the structure and the constitution of the sun and the planets in order to calculate their orbits today scientists describe the universe in terms of two basic partial theories first the general theory of relativity and second the quantum mechanics they are the great intellectual achievements of the first half of this century the general theory of relativity describes the force of gravity and the large scale structure of the universe that is the structure on scales from only a few miles to as large as a million 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 one with 24 zeros after it miles the size of the observable universe quantum mechanics on the other hand deals with phenomena on extremely small scales such as a millionth of a millionth of an inch unfortunately however these two theories are known to be inconsistent with each other they cannot both be correct one of the major endeavors in physics today and the major theme of this book is to search for a new theory that will incorporate them both a quantum theory of gravity we do not yet have such a theory and we may still be long way from having one but we do already know many of the properties that it must have and we shall see in later chapters that we already know a fair amount about the predictions a quantum theory of gravity must make now if you believe that the universe is not arbitrary but is governed by definite laws you ultimately have to combine the partial theories into a complete unified theory that will describe everything in the universe but there is a fundamental paradox in the search for such a complete unified theory the ideas about scientific theories outlined above assume we are rational beings who are free to observe the universe as we want and to draw logical deductions from what we see in such a scheme it is reasonable to suppose that we might progress ever closer towards the laws that govern our universe yet if they are really in a complete unified theory it would also presumably determine our actions and so the theory itself would determine the outcome of our search for it and why should it determine that we come to the right conclusions from the evidence might it not equally well determine that we draw the wrong conclusion or no conclusion at all the only answer that i can give to this problem is based on darwin's principle of natural selection the idea is that in any population of self reproducing organisms there will be variations in the genetic material and upbringing that different individuals have these differences will mean that some individuals are better able than others to draw the right conclusions about the world around them and to act accordingly these individuals will be more likely to survive and reproduce and so their pattern of behavior and thought will come to dominate it has certainly been true in the past that 
what we call intelligence and scientific discovery has conveyed a survival advantage it is not so clear that this is still the case our scientific discoveries may well destroy us all and even it they don't a complete unified theory may not make much difference to our chances of survival however provided the universe has evolved in a regular way we might expect that the reasoning abilities that natural selection has given us would be valid also in our search for a complete unified theory and so would not lead us to the wrong conclusions because the partial theories that we already have are sufficient to make accurate predictions in all but the most extreme situations the search for the ultimate theory of the universe seems difficult to justify on practical grounds it is worth noting though that similar arguments could have been used against both relativity and quantum mechanics and these theories have given us both nuclear energy and the microelectronics revolution the discovery of a complete unified theory therefore may not aid the survival of our species it may not even affect our lifestyle but ever since the dawn of civilization people have not been content to see events as unconnected and inexplicable they have craved an understanding of the underlying order in the world today we still lean to know why we are here and where we came from humanity's deepest desire for knowledge is justification enough for our continuing quest and our goal is nothing less than a complete description of the universe we live in thank you so much